Timeless Audio Podcast Network. Hi, welcome to the Growth Mindset Gal Podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. In this podcast, we'll be discussing self-care routines, mindset practices, and mindfulness habits. We'll combat the stigma around mental health in order to create a safe and open community for people to connect and not feel alone. Focus on your mindset rather than your situation. It's a game changer. Grow your mindset and look how far you'll go. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. Happy Mindful Monday, everybody. And if you are new to the Growth Mindset Gang, welcome. Welcome to the amazing, intelligent, intuitive, caring, supportive, and a little wacky gang that we have here. Couldn't ask for anything better. If you're just now joining us, This podcast is all about improving your mindset, wellness, and spirituality in your everyday life for the millennial woman. If you've been a founding (laughs) member of the Growth Mindset Gang, you already know it's about to go down. I hope you are enjoying the start of your week here in August. The summer is truly a flying by. What is life right now? Um, And I am so excited to share with you guys today an amazing guest, Miss Jackie Biebenroth. And we are going to be talking about demystifying the fear around change. So I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, just give a little introduction. But I am like, just bewildered. Like, (laughs) I'm almost speechless. And that has a lot to say for a teacher in a podcast was to be speechless. Um, I am just so in awe of the amazing support, the amazing community that the Growth Mindset Gang is. I am just so grateful for the just all around, I don't even, I don't even know what to put words, just the all around feeling of the community around this podcast. You guys have been amazing. I am so like jazzed up. Like every episode has been with a guest and I just, I love having guests on. Cause again, I am not an expert on everything. So I really enjoy bringing amazing women on here and talk about different aspects that can help you guys in your everyday life and even help me, um, and just expand the conversation. And now they're a part of our community, um, as well. And there are more guest episodes to come. This ain't the last one. You guys, there is definitely more to come. And I'm just so excited and just like amazed that, you know, these wonderful women have been coming on and they're wanting to come on the podcast and talk with me and talk with you guys about these amazing, um, super helpful topics. So I cannot thank you guys enough for always tuning in and listening and tagging me in your stories and posts and leaving amazing, beautiful reviews um, on Apple podcast. I forgot what words are. Um, If you haven't already done so, please make sure to follow me on Spotify and rate me on Spotify and also make sure to rate, subscribe and review on Apple podcasts. And I am just, just so blessed and thankful. Like creating this podcast over the summer has really like truly helped me fall in love with podcasting again and just expanding the amazing community that we already had and just really enjoying the time of 
talking with the guests and just making the episodes for you guys and editing and all these amazing things. It's just been so much fun. And I'm at a place with creating this podcast. Like this is the place that I want to be at. I want it to be like truly having so much fun with interacting with guests and you guys and just, you know, having a beautiful moment of just love and support and just creating better mindsets for ourselves and improving ourselves. Like that's the goal of this podcast. So I'm going to get off my soapbox, but I just want to let you know how much I love you guys and how much you mean to me and the support. It's just like, it's insane. It's insane. So thank you guys again so much for supporting and listening. Um, if you haven't already subscribed to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast, the link is in the show notes. It's 99 cents per month. And with that subscription, you have access to the Wellness Wednesday episodes. Those are only on Spotify, though, um, because it is through Anchor and Anchor goes through Spotify. So if you're like, hey, I subscribe, but I'm not seeing any of the Wellness Wednesday minisodes, um, those are on Spotify exclusively. Those have no ads. And then you also have access to the Growth Mindset Gang text group. When you subscribe, I give you the code to join. You can interact with me and the under, what well, the, whoa, words, the other <laughs> wonderful subscribers um, in that chat. You also have access to amazing giveaways that are going to be going out. And if you want to join the email list, um, every Sunday I email out. Uh, wonderful resources for mindset, books, podcasts, articles, you name it. That can be sent to you every Sunday just to start out your week on a good note. And um, so it's kind of like basically like a wellness mindset newsletter, if you will. So if you're down for that, the link is also in the show notes. And last but not least, you already know, since we're having amazing, wonderful guests, come on. Um, if you want to be a guest on the Growth Mindset Out podcast, the Google form link is also in the show notes. So if you're down, I'm open to everybody. Come on and join us and let's have a wonderful, beautiful conversation. And speaking of guests, like I said, we have the amazing Jackie and she is the founder and CEO of Muse, which is a marketing agency to help people and services and clients promote and create change. Her company is all about servicing beautiful steps in order for companies, services, people to create change in an impactful and productive way. A lot of people see change as a very scary thing where it's kind of funny where we want change to happen, but we're afraid of change happening. It's like a kind of like an oxymoron and, uh, you know, you're just, it's a weird, discomforting feeling. So today, Jackie and I talk about different ways to really increase confidence around stress, ways to coping with, you know, stress that comes with changes that we weren't expecting, changes that we want to make happen. Talking about how change is not just a one and done thing where it's a complete process and you're it's cyclical and you're going to have ups and downs with the change that you want to create. You're also going to have up and downs with coping with changes that happen in your life that you were not expecting and you had no control over. So this wonderful episode is simply all about realizing that change is going to happen in our lives and how can we respond to the changes that go on in an impactful and productive way, going into more of growing from change instead of staying in a victim mode of change happening without our control and kind of being scared and stuck. Because I think that happens to a lot of us when change happens in our lives that we weren't expecting. Um, we kind of get fearful and stuck and we kind of don't really know what to do or what steps to take. 
And then on the flip side where you want to create change in your life, but you kind of really don't know where to start, this episode is for you. And Jackie was such an amazing just like energy and soul. And she just gave so much great advice where I'm just sitting here I'm like, wow, I'm learning things too. Thank you so much. And she was just so sweet. The conversation was just so flowing and natural and fun to have with her. And um, everything she talks about is just so useful in the everyday life. So enough of me blabbing. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. And here we go. Hey, Growth Mindset Gang. Have you ever been super overwhelmed, anxious, or stressed in your life due to maybe your job, your relationships, your friendships, your family, and you have all this inner turmoil and it can seem like there is no way out? I felt that way. I remember when I was on the train to work one day and I had this super influx of anxiety and I didn't even know where it was coming from. And I would talk to my friends and family and significant others about it. But I needed something more. I needed to talk to a professional. And so I started going to therapy because I realized I shouldn't live like this and neither should you. So today's sponsor is brought to you by BetterHelp, which is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you the access to the help that may not be available in your area. You just need to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That is two days, you guys. Then you schedule a secure video and phone sessions. Plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. I actually used BetterHelp when I started my therapy journey. It was one of the first options I looked at because I felt like I was so busy all the time. When would I have time to go to find a therapist and then go to therapy? And I remember I took a very simple questionnaire and they matched me with a therapist. She was super helpful and useful. And I was able to text her whenever I was feeling anxious. And I was like, this is amazing, right? And I know therapy can be a little intimidating at first and it kind of feels like dating and you kind of go through the different aspects and motions of it. But with BetterHelp, if you're not feeling the therapist that they gave you, they will switch it up and find someone better for you. So it takes the stress from you with finding a therapist that works. And you can request a new therapist at no additional charge at any time. So join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And let me tell you, from my own experience with therapy, it is so amazing to talk to a professional about your anxiety and have them kind of go through specific scenarios and conversations with you so you don't feel alone and they give you helpful tools in order to take on and combat your overwhelm, your anxiety, and your stress because you guys know we shouldn't be living like this and we shouldn't be living stuck in our own heads and we should enjoy life and talking to a professional can definitely help with us to switch our perspective and grow our mindset. 
you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash the growth mindset gal. That's better H-E-L-P.com slash the growth mindset gal. That link is going to be in my show notes. And if you're interested in therapy, this would be a beautiful, wonderful first step to see if this can work for you. And I hope you guys enjoy these services that it provides. And I hope that it helps you in your mindset journey. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. Today, I am joined by an amazing guest, Miss Jackie. So, Jackie, would you like to introduce yourself to the Growth Mindset Gang? Sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Jackie Biebenroth, and I own an agency called Muse, where we work with clients who are in the business of change. Ooh, and I love that. And that's what all of this conversation is going to surround, basically taking out the fear of change. Because a lot of us, we really thrive for change. Like we're like, you know, I want to move somewhere else. I want to change my job. I want to change my mindset. But then when we actually have to like go through it, it gets a little scary and we kind of get stuck on where we are. So today's focus is really going to be about how do we combat the fear and overwhelm of change. So I want to dive into um, our first question which is kind of what is your whole mindset journey and mindfulness strategies to kind of get where you are to combat change? So what is kind of your mindset journey through that? Sure. So I consider myself to be a change agent of sorts in that I I work with people who are in the business of change. So if you own a business uh, that is about wellness or nutrition or fitness or mindfulness or coaching. Those are the types of people that my business serves. And we help those people convince other people Mm -hmm. to make important changes in their life. So I've been studying behavioral change through the lens of communications for many years. Mm -hmm. And I've started to apply some of that uh, advice to my own life. And it's Mm -hmm. been working out pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) And so what are some of those um, little implementation strategies you kind of put in your everyday life to help you take out this fear of change that a lot of people have? Certainly. Well, I think that there are two different circumstances you might find yourself in when it comes to personal growth and change. Number one is obligational change. (laughs) So this is where like the change is outside of your control. Maybe your health has been triggered by a set of symptoms and you have to start making changes in your diet or your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've been going along just fine in your career and you suddenly get laid off for a reason outside of your control. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're forced into, you know, looking at, at different types of change. So obligatory change is one type of change. Mm-hmm. Then there's like sort of the proactive change where it's like, I'm going to make an intentional effort mm-hmm. to expand my comfort zone slowly and surely over time so that I'm growing as an individual and I'm not stuck in sort of this like cycle of complacency. Mm-hmm. So within those two groups, 
what would you like to talk? What do you think would be uh, more interesting to talk about for your listeners? Oh, I think, I mean, I want to talk about both personally. Me, I want, I want okay. both. <laughs> so the first one I, though, I want to dive into the first one is the obligation one, because I think due to the past two years with the pandemic, that change that we could not control really affected our lives, both with our health, with people also getting laid off of work, <clears throat> unfortunately losing loved ones, all of those things. So I think diving into kind of combating going through that change that we had to do, not that we wanted to do. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, I've spent a lot of my life working with coaches to kind of overcome this fear of change when it's out of my control. I'm a control person. I'm a type A person. (laughs) (laughs) And it's always good to know that about yourself Mm because you can use it to your advantage. Right. Uh, but that's partly why I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur because I I feel like I'm in control of my own destiny. I'm not like, you know, at in the service of someone else who based on whatever business variables there are might, you know, cut my cut my career short. So so I will say and that has happened to me. One of the things my coaches have really encouraged me to consider is that it's important to embrace what happens as something that is happening for you Mm -hmm. and not to you. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as you get into the victim mindset, now you're in a place of scarcity. Mm -hmm. So this is happening. This is happening to me. What am I going to do? Like, it's totally outside of my control. And now I'm stuck, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you that that alone, that sort of quick mindset shift around, this is not happening to me, it's happening for me, mm-hmm. that opens the door to the potential opportunities associated with what was not there when you were inside of, bef- like, before the change, right? So mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that, because I do think that's easier said than done, right? Yeah, I completely agree, which I love that you brought up. Once you said life, you know, happens, you know, for me, not to me, I was like, yes. Okay. So we're on the same wavelength because I remember it was like, I want to say maybe my second year teaching and I'm driving home with one of, you know, my coworkers that I became super close with. And I was talking about, you know, just maybe a rough day in the classroom. I was exhausted. We're both kind of complaining and venting just about the school day. But then she like paused for a second. She looked at me and, you know, she was like, yeah, but you always have to think of life is happening though for you, not to you. And she even said, that's how we get stuck in like that complaining, like victim mentality. And she kind of was like, hey, you know what? We're teachers. We have control of the classroom. So we can shift the mood, the perspective on what goes on in the classroom. And we're like the thermostat, right? We're not a thermometer. We're not going to absorb the vibes that maybe the students are bringing in. We are going to change the temperature. So when students are coming in, you can give them a better vibe. So then you kind of control the mood and the experience of the classroom. And then I was like, oh, wow. That's like a beautiful like you said, flip of the switch, that everything in this life, even from the day to day is always happening 
for you. And I think that's just a beautiful way to look at life, especially with the changes that you don't have control over. For example, um, with this past school year, I switched from teaching general ed to teaching special ed because I have a special ed, um, you know, certification. So they needed me to kind of like fill that spot. I've never taught special ed before. And so I was a little bit timid and scared because again, that's out of my comfort zone. And so I was thinking at first, I was a little scared of that change. Am I going to be still a good teacher? Am I going to make a difference? All of these things. And then at first in the beginning of the school year, I was super just like anxious and overwhelmed because I was in that zone of like control and then I kind of took a step back like mid-year and was like I need to start giving myself grace like me teaching special ed is supposed to maybe teach me something it's going to maybe help me grow as a teacher you know and add to my teacher tool belt maybe learn empathy even more than I already have and like kind of grow from the challenges that I was foreseeing with this new placement because again I didn't choose to switch placements they told me you need to do this so I was like, you know what, towards the mid-year, I was like, something, this is, there's a reason why I'm in this placement. What are maybe these kids trying to teach me? What is, you know, am I trying to learn more patience? Whatever that it is. And then I kind of learned towards the end of the year, I was like, okay, so this year I tried my best. There's good things and bad things, the things I need to improve on. And I think doing the flip of the switch, I was like, you know what? I think what I learned, because life is happening for me, I learned that I'm not going to be like fantastic at every new thing that I do. And I need to learn to give myself grace and not get frustrated with myself if I'm not maybe fantastic at a new skill, you know, at first. So I think when people, you know, get hit hard with very tough seasons in life because that life is very cyclical you're gonna have really great seasons of your life and then you're gonna have really low low seasons maybe sometimes you'll be in the middle and so when you're kind of in that low low spot and you always think how am I gonna get out of this how like you a, a really hard change hits like your life and you think how am I gonna get out of this and like kind of how you said then you think oh I'm stuck what am I gonna do instead of doing that oh I'm stuck being like okay this definitely happened for a reason. So then maybe I can open myself up to the opportunities of why this big change that I had no control over, how can this maybe push my life out of my comfort zone, but perhaps for the better. Yeah, and I love how you you presented that story in a way that was like, it seemed to me there were two things that you took control of in those moments. Number one was your mindset mm -hmm. and like that concept of this is happening for me. And then number two was your environment. So like, what can I control in this circumstance where I can take what I've learned from the last environment and apply it to this environment? Mm -hmm. Because ultimately it's those shifts of environment. If you're, if you're shifting into new environments with that open mindset, that is how transformation happens. Because to your point, it's cyclical, it's not linear. Mm -hmm. So you might move forward, but then you might have to take a couple steps back and then you might jump ahead. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're like in that mindset of this is happening for me, how can I take what I've learned mm -hmm. and apply it to my next environment or scenario? That is where the growth happens. And that's where wonderful, amazing things happen. And it only happens if you can embrace it in that way and not be like sort of stuck in this, like, like to your point, like 
negative complaining. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that's not warranted. Mm -hmm. I'm also not saying that that's not natural and you shouldn't do that at least to start because it's Mm -hmm. natural to feel that way. But how soon can you get out of that mentality and into more of a, okay, I couldn't control this. What can I control? And how is this happening for me? Yeah. I love that because I think the biggest thing I've ever even learned, especially with my own mindset journey is always don't react to life, respond to life. So if you reacting is heavy, hard anger, negativity, complaining, that victim mentality of, oh, I used to say this all the time. And I know I always have conversations with friends too. And they're like, why do these things always happen to me? Of course, something like this happened. I have the worst luck. I can never catch a break. Like that's usually what people say when like a hard hit comes out of nowhere that they weren't expecting a big change that they maybe didn't want to happen. And You know, when people now, because I used to say that all the time too, but when my friends maybe say that now to me, I kind of talk through with them and be like, you know what? I know this is a heavy hit for you, you know, validate, you know, you, it's okay to be upset about the big change that you weren't expecting and feel the emotion. Like I said, embrace it and be like, you know what? This sucks, right? Whatever that it is, feel it through whatever you got to do and then take the next step of, okay. So I felt the emotion, I'm upset, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, but is that going to get me anywhere? Is that going to find, is that any type of solution? And that's kind of how I kind of go through with my own, like you can complain and vent and kind of get, get through it all and then be like, okay, so now that we process the emotion and the thoughts now, what are the solutions? What are the opportunities? What can I, what's the next step that I can make this situation, you know, better in any way? And kind of when I was in that scenario in the beginning of the school year, I was like, okay, how can I make this better, you know, for myself, for the students? And what I started doing is I did a little bit of research. I noticed my students were a little fidgety on the desk and they're always banging the desk and it would interrupt the lessons. You know, they can't help it. That was them, you know, stimming. So I was like, hey, let me go and buy the little poppets, right? That they can just pop on their desk. I got like a set of 10 of them. And, you know, throughout my lesson, casually, as I was teaching, I would just like casually put it on their desk or whatever. And that's what they would tap to, you know, self-soothe. And so then all of a sudden they liked it. And they were like, hey, you know, miss, can you, can I have the poppet? You know, before I even started teaching, they enjoyed it. And so that's kind of how I even saw the outcome of me instead of being like, you know, upset and negative. I was like, you know what, it is frustrating as a teacher, but then how can I support them? Because clearly, you know, they cannot help it. So that's just them self-soothing. What can I do as the teacher in the room to help them feel better to get that self-soothe out, but then out disrupting me, disrupting others. And that was the puppets and they loved it. And at the end of the year, I, I told the kids, I was like, you could keep them, take them home with you. And then other kids also saw like, I had only 10 of them. So they started bringing in their own because they saw that they could use them. So just me flipping the switch of that mindset helped me find a solution that everyone was able to then enjoy in that scenario. That is such a great example because you, when you're in that, that negative space and that victim mentality, Mm -hmm. you're so Mm self-oriented that you, you can't possibly types of solutions. You're not in the mindset of being in service of others or anything, Mm -hmm. because it's all about, what happened to me and what happened to me, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's a, that's an awesome example of the, of the opportunities that can just sort of drop into your head when you're open to Mm -hmm. um, trusting. I think trust is another thing. Like my coaches have really helped me 
embrace obligatory changes mm-hmm. in that just I, I know this kind of like goes a little more spiritual, but like just trusting Get into in that, it. the I love universe. It. <laughs> like go for it. Like I just like the universe has its own destiny for you and your mm-hmm. its own purpose for you. And tuning into that means trusting in what happens and still moving through your life with intention and manifesting what you want out of life, but still keeping that sort of opening to drop those ideas in your head in order to serve you and those around you. I think um, that's uh, really something that, again, these are lessons like, I wish I would have heard this podcast 20 years ago. <laughs> I, I haven't learned this. It's, it's taken me until my 40s to really learn some of these concepts. And I can't tell you, like, I was real closed off a lot mm-hmm. through my um, 20s and 30s. And I'm, I'm still a little surprised how far I was able to make it on willpower and pressure and drive alone. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm opening up to some of these concepts that we're talking about today, gosh, man, it just makes life so much easier. It does. <laughs> you know what, if you want to kind of realize the power of your mindset, you feel so much lighter. Like, and when problems, because problems are always going to happen. And changes that you were not expecting right the obligatory ones they're always going to happen right so it's not like it's bad changes or changes you couldn't have any control and are going to happen because we have this for some reason we have this false sense of you know life is terrible if it's not going the way that I want not everything is perfect then life is terrible and that's just it's not the truth where we think if we get to a certain point in life, we're going to like not suffer anymore or have, you know, rough patches in our lives for some reason. So like, for example, when I was growing up um, in like the early 2000s was when I was like truly in school and everyone was like, you know what, if you get good grades, you're going to go to a good college, you're going to get a good degree, you're going to get a good job, and then you're going to buy the house of your dreams, marry your perfect significant other, have the kids, blah, 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 blah. And then you're like smooth sailing for the rest of your life. But then all of a sudden you're put into real life of adulting in your 20s and you're like, oh, okay, so life isn't exactly going to be going the way you like, like you said, linear. Like if I do this then this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen. That's just like not the way life works. And so when you kind of get out of that tunnel vision of life is linear and you do the more open up your mindset of there's just so many possibilities out there and there's so many paths to take then all of a sudden you feel lighter because I think if you have that tunnel vision of being like linear and if you fail at something, then that line is just over its cut off of whatever linear process you were going on with your goals. Then you, that's where you get stuck is where you just have that tunnel vision. So then when we go into the other side of growth, where it's like, we choose to make changes in our lives because we feel that stuck or unfulfillness going on in our lives right? Then what are some steps that women can take to then change their reality on their terms? Yeah, I think this is a really uh, important point for your listeners who are in a growth mindset. So they've already accepted like, okay, I'm, I'm seeking personal growth on a regular basis. I'm always, I'm, I feel like I'm enough but mm-hmm. I'm always looking for, for like opportunities mm-hmm. for improvement, right? And um, what I really love is this concept of experimentation. Mm-hmm. So I like to use the 
story of um, my journey into uh, my relationship with alcohol. Mm -hmm. So I'm in advertising, right? We drink a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) historically. (laughs) Um, uh, That's starting to change now. But Mm -hmm. like I I grew up 25 years I've been in advertising. So Mm -hmm. there was a lot of lunch martinis Mm -hmm. in my past. Mm -hmm. And I got to um, my 40s and I'm kind of like, you know, I want to age a little more gracefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think part of that means I need to change my relationship with alcohol. And I, I don't want to be a daily drinker. Mm-hmm. I found myself struggling with that. Like, honestly, I, I didn't identify as an alcoholic per se. I was very functional. And plus, I had to be a mom and all of the things. But I was drinking a couple glasses of wine a night. Mm-hmm. And I thought, God, I don't want to quit cold turkey. Like, do people do that? I don't want to like go to AA. Like what, what's my solution? And I found a woman named Annie Grace and she has this uh, book called the 30 day alcohol experiment Mm -hmm. and uh, another book called the naked mind. Mm -hmm. And I loved her whole approach of like, just take 30 days and try it. Mm -hmm. See, See how you feel at the end of 30 days. It's not, you're not quitting you're just experimenting with the idea of stopping. Mm-hmm. And so I did a dry July. I did a, I've done a dry January. I've done sober Tober. I've done sober Tober. So, That's the best one. I like that one. Um, dry February is nice because it's shorter, but like, yeah. it's like I've done, I did a series of those experiments over time. And I always kind of came back to, okay, I, I'm a more moderate drinker. Mm-hmm. After I'm done with this experiment, I love how I feel. I love how light and energetic I am. I'm much more thoughtful. Um, I'm, I'm more moderate in my drinking, but then I always kind of move more into that daily habit again, mm-hmm. right? So after time, this, this was like four years of this, this like cyclical, like experiment, experiment, mm-hmm. experiment. Uh, my husband and I decided to do a year of sobriety, and we did. We decided that at January first, twenty twenty. What a year to try that out! Oh, totally, but we did it. That's we great. Did it, and it actually, um, it actually was great because there wasn't a lot of social engagements, and that was my weakness. <laughs> I would be going to happy hour or whatever. So, um, and I will tell you two things about that. Number one, I never would have been able to do that without the buildup of those experiments mm-hmm. first. Number two, I never would have the relationship I have with alcohol now, which is pretty much non-existent. Like sometimes I'll drink with a client, but then like I don't drink any. I'm not a like a daily drinker. And mm-hmm. what is this? You know, twenty summer twenty twenty two. So um, that was my transformation and that transformation happened after a few years of experiments that was cyclical like stepping forward then stepping back and stepping forward then stepping back because change is cyclical it's not linear to your point Mm -hmm. and so when you're thinking about these big changes in your life whether it's writing a book losing some weight Mm -hmm. um running a marathon all of that stuff it's not just like one big activity and then you're transformed Mm -hmm. you have to give yourself the grace of the trial periods Mm -hmm. to take the lessons learned into the bigger transformation and just keep your intention Mm -hmm. and roll with it yeah I honestly couldn't agree more and like thank you for sharing that thank you for like being vulnerable and sharing that with us Mm -hmm. because that is so important because when people think of change like the like the change you want to do like it's your choice 
everyone's like, you know what, I'm going to make this change. And then my life is going to be immediately better, like the next day. And then (laughs) that's why I always laugh, not even laugh, but just kind of chuckle a little bit of like the new year's resolution vibes when it's January, because I, you know, I go to the gym and I work out. And so it's always interesting to see like January and February, the gyms are like super duper crowded because usually a lot of people's resolution is I want to get healthier. I want to lose weight, which is fantastic. But then all of a sudden it's March and all of those people have disappeared. And we're like, which as like a daily gym, we all like know this. We're like, okay, it's going to be crowded January and February, but then by March, it will be like the normal people again. And it's because when we set up our lives for change, we're not setting up true expectations for that change right so for example if you know someone wants to you know get healthier lose weight whatever they want to do because that's the most common one for new year's resolutions they want to lose like a specific amount of weight by a specific amount of time but that's beyond you know expectation and they only focus on losing the weight like the one part of the change where it's really important if you want to make a change, you have to realize the expectations you're setting for yourself, but then also all the different parts that come along with that change. Because if you want to lose weight, there's also nutrition has a big thing to deal with it. Motivation has a huge thing to do with it. Self-esteem is a big thing to do with it, right? There's just so many parts of that change where if you only focus on the one specific part and that part's not changing right away or to your expectations, that's what deters a lot of people from making the big change. Like, for example, with me, I wanted to change my mindset because I was super anxious and it really affected my everyday life. So I went to therapy and then I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to go to therapy for a little bit, try it out. And now we're two to three years in. So I'm still there, <laughs> you know, and I love being there. So I'm like, oh, I have to go to therapy. I really enjoy going there. And I see her, you know, um, I think it's every two weeks I do my therapy session because it's a journey. Like, you are going to, like you said, you're going to have really great days with, you know, the change that you want to make. And then there's going to be some days where you got to give yourself grace and, you know, there's going to be rough patches. There's still days where I, you know, have the victim mode or I get really frustrated or I get really, you know, I don't have any patience or whatever that it is, or I get into a victim mindset that still happens. And I literally have a podcast called the growth mindset gal, but I'm like, I don't, have bad days and I'm like oh I should just shut down this podcast because clearly I'm an imposter and I you know I realized that I'm a human and it's really important when you want to make changes was it's for your mindset whether it's for your physical health maybe it's for your spirituality your wellness or it can even be towards you know a career change it could be towards you know maybe changing up your inner circle and things like that whatever change you want to make just realize your life is not literally going to change the next day or even within the next week. They even say like the new habits, it takes like that 28 days to basically a month to really control and be into the habits that you want to do. So it's super important for women to realize that if you want to make the change, that's fantastic, but really realize what goes, you know, into that change. So We've been talking about how to kind of demystify the word change and kind of bring it into reality. So what are some advice you have for women that truly want to make a real change in something in their everyday life? Um, the first thing I think it's important to understand, and this comes from my understanding of um, just behavioral change theory in my profession. So there's this concept called the trans theoretical model of change. <laughs> and it was, Love that. <laughs> it's, it sounds way more complicated than it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was 
uh, built a framework built in the 70s by two psychologists who were studying why, how and why people quit smoking mm-hmm. back in the 70s. And they determined that, number one, people only make changes when they intend to do so, which is like, mm-hmm. duh. Mm-hmm. Um, but number two is uh, there are multiple steps to taking action that mm-hmm. I think it's important for people to really understand so they're not jumping the gun. And so I'm going to explain, we have a, we, at our agency, we have a framework based on this, this framework, it's called um, the change stage framework. Mm-hmm. And I'll go through the five stages uh, for your audience. So it starts with the unaware stage, mm-hmm. where you don't even know you need the change. Then you move into uh, interested so suddenly something happens. I'm interested in making a change. Maybe my friend had a big success with mm-hmm. her change and now I'm interested. Then you move into stage three, which is intentional. Mm-hmm. I intend to make this change and I'm researching all the different options to do so. Mm-hmm. Then you take action. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that, there are three steps before you go to action. And then after action, there's maintenance. Mm-hmm. So So the reason that I'm sharing this is I think a lot of times the shorter those stages happen where it's like maybe you go from unaware to action without doing interested and intentional, Mm -hmm. the less likely that changes to stick. Right. Because intellectually and in your heart, you haven't accepted all of the many elements of what that change is going to mean for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... My my suggestion to your question is really to go through these stages where it's like, okay, I'm aware I need to make a change. I'm interested. Research all of the options available to you. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, there's so many options, especially in the field of wellness. Like, it's not just about taking a pill, changing your diet, and losing weight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there's, there's all these lifestyle and emotional and mental things that have to happen through that process. Through that interested stage, you should be researching all of that and really recognizing the true depth of this transformation and ultimately how it's going to benefit you in the future. And then in the intentional stage, find the right products, services, guides Mm -hmm. to kind of help you take action to your point earlier you know finding the right therapist Mm -hmm. um, to help create transformation in your life you know you didn't just go from like waking up one day like oh I need a therapist and then going online finding a therapist and I'm sure you there there was some like really important steps that you went through to make that commitment because it is a commitment it's a it's a time commitment and it's a monetary commitment Mm -hmm. and so give yourself the space you need to research the change and feel a level of confidence in it. Don't just jump into the next big trend that you see on your Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. Like it's don't make those impulse buys when it comes to change, do the work in accepting it, knowing it, feeling confident in the solution and then take action. Yeah. And I love that you said, especially like 
in putting that social media aspect because I think that we're, our lives are very enthralled with you know, social media, whether it be Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you name it. And I think a lot of us want to do these changes because we are influenced by what we see on the internet all the time, right? And so we it's, it's funny because sometimes we think we want to do the change, but then we don't stick to the change because then that change maybe isn't like trendy anymore and things like that. And so like, I think that that happens a lot with like fashion trends, also like fitness trends on what workouts you need to do if you're kind of in that realm, even in the wellness field, there's so many different trends on what works and what doesn't work and all of those things. So I agree. It's super important. You need to do the work. You have to make sure the change that you're choosing to do is truly going to benefit you in a greater way and really push your you know life forward in whatever direction you want. It's all about, you know, taking the baby steps. Like you said, all right, all of a sudden you're interested in the change. Okay. So let me do a little research on it. So for example, when I wanted to, you know, change my mindset and I was like, I don't want to live in this kind of very negative realm anymore. I looked up on, you know, self-development books, self-development podcast. And I was really into that. I started journaling because a lot of people were saying like that was a really good like, you know, first step process. And then that was kind of working. And I was like, okay, I want to kind of up the ante. Maybe then I should go then look for a professional and talk to a professional about these sort of things that are kind of going through my mind. And then I started going to therapy and I did the research and I even found it was like a specific therapy office for women with anxiety specifically. And I was like, oh, boom, like this is <laughs> hit the nail on the head. And then- it's a journey. Like the change is going to be such a beautiful then process, especially if you stick with it. There have been times where I also didn't want to go to therapy too. Cause I usually have it at like five 15, it'd be after work and I'm just tired and I just want to like relax. And then I would just, you know, but I had a commitment both, you know, time and monetary, like you said, and I would sit down, I would talk with her and it would be so beneficial to the way I looked at life, the way I perceived how people interacted with me, the way I perceived my job, the way I perceived myself. It was all these beautiful, wonderful things that truly makes the change. So with women, for some reason, we really fear change even when we want it like okay yes there's a little bit of fear when there's like the change you weren't expecting that you didn't have any control over right but we even have this fear of the changes that we actually want to make to improve our lives do you have any insight of why women specifically even when they want to make the change that there kind of still is that little bit of fear within them to make that change i think it has to do with um maybe the love of the status quo. So how is this going to disrupt my current present state? Mm -hmm. Which frankly, I kind of like, and I've been practicing gratefulness around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, so I, I think that that's part of it. And then there's also this sort of unknown component to it where, um, you know, especially when you're making that impulse purchase or that impulse decision, that unknown is like, mm -hmm. um, you know, that will bite you in the butt, really. So like doing all the research can help you assuage the fear of the unknown by knowing the journey, knowing the process and what to expect throughout.
I love how you mentioned we don't want to disrupt like the status quo of our life. And I like when you said that, I was like, oh, like that hit my center like really hard. I was like, yes, because I think we, as women, we don't want to make waves. You know, it, that's not like inherent in our being a lot of the times because the way we grow up is we're just, you know, we're the support mechanism in like most of our lives. And throughout even history, like women making waves was seen as a very like not a good thing. Obviously, it's 2022. It's much different, but inherently women still have this little fear of, you know, doing something for themselves that might make a change in their life for the better, but it's going to make waves in the status quo of their family, of their inner circle, of their job, whatever that it may be. And I think it's so important to realize that you making changes to better your life isn't selfish for some reason. Like even when I was, when I started to do therapy, I didn't want to tell anybody. Like I was a little bit, for some reason, ashamed to tell my family that I, I started going to therapy or I wanted to even go in the first place because there's still even, you know, not as much today, but there is a stigma around, you know, going to therapy. And I didn't want them to feel bad that like they weren't doing enough to make me feel okay that I need to go see someone, you know, a professional, you know, even telling my partner, Nate, that I was, you know, I told him that I was going to therapy. And, you know, I felt bad because, you know, in a lot of the sense, you know, people think that, you know, your significant other is supposed to be like your savior, right? That's like the status quo of, you know, being in a relationship. So I was really afraid to tell people that I was going to therapy and even telling my friends because I don't, not that it would, you know, change anything with them, but maybe they would look at me as a different person because the status quo of my life was Allie always has it together. You know, Allie's the tough one. You know, Allie will always figure it out. She's intelligent. She's a leader. So then going to therapy, are they going to see me in a different light? But I knew that change would really benefit, you know, my life. So how I process it, I had to detach, you know, my identity of who I was to those specific groups of people and what's going to then make me as a person feel better, you know, throughout, you know, my life. So if women are kind of sitting here thinking like, you know, I want to make a change, maybe, you know, maybe I want to go to therapy. Maybe I want to do, you know, I want to spend more time on my physical wellness. Maybe I want to, you know, stop my nine to five and become an entrepreneur. You know, maybe I want to move somewhere else. How can women instill confidence in themselves to be like, hey, this is a change that I want to make in my life. And even if it does, you know, wreck the status quo of whatever her surrounding life is, like pushing that confidence forward and knowing like this is what's best for her. What would you, what would advice would you have for that? I think the first thing to do is really accept that there's going to be discomfort. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to oh, your point, <laughs> I mean, like, like you described a sense of discomfort in that suddenly this decision that you're making didn't align with the your people's perception of you. Mm -hmm. And until you kind of get over that hump, there's going to be some discomfort there, maybe awkward conversations or some kind of justification or something. There is always discomfort and change. And I, I think like back to when I made the decision to have kids, when I was in my late 20s, I was very comfortable in my status quo. I had a great career. I was traveling around. I was had a great friend group. 
and my husband and I I hit 30 and we were kind of like you know do or die time like (laughs) let's kind of do this and we were super fortunate in our family planning and we were able to have children right away when we made that decision but that was very uncomfortable. I had, I was the first in my friend group to have kids. I had mm-hmm. to let go of that friend group. Mm-hmm. I had to become, I had to t- assume a new identity as a mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in addition to all the other roles I played, yeah. I had to, in certain circumstances, take demotions in my career path mm-hmm. in order to make more space for my children at that point in my life. But that is a season of discomfort that as long as it's aligned with your inner compass and why you're doing what you're doing for for your the good of yourself and your intentions in your life, you're going to come out on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to tell you, like, absolutely no doubt. My 30s were like the hardest decade of my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm over here on the other side of that mountain going like, oh, my God, the landscape is beautiful. <laughs> I never knew I wanted to be 40 something so bad. Right. Um, but like. That there is a big part of discomfort. And if you accept it as part of the process, it's going to make it much easier to dive in and do that thing. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Like, don't give into the discomfort. It's going to be a little weird. It's going to be, like you said, maybe awkward conversations or you just, you know, you feel this like unease about the decision. And that's where, that's where I think women get stuck is like, we, we don't trust ourselves to be making the right decision because I even know a lot of my friends too, like when they want to make a change in their life, they tell everybody about it and like try and get everyone's like input. And, you know, it's okay to like, you know, feel out like, would this be a good change? And people could offer their opinion if, you know, they, if you ask them for it, but really then I think you get too many cooks in the kitchen. It's like, well, is this something you want to do? Because if you get the opinions also of others, that could then deter you. It's like, oh, like that's going to be the discomfort. Someone's going to be judging me for the change that I want to make. Or yeah, that someone or their perception of me is going to change or whatever that it is. And it's really important to understand and accept that little, that maybe slight feeling for some time of a little bit of discomfort that's okay. That's where growth happens is discomfort. You don't grow as a person when you're content. That's when you get very stuck in life. It's when you're very content and, you know, you, you feel very comfy in your life and there's nothing wrong with that for, you know, a good amount of time, but you feel comfy for a little bit. Right. And then all of a sudden you hit a spot and you're like, ah, oh, this is a weird feeling. Like I feel very unfulfilled and I feel stuck that, that little uncomfy feeling. That's the time where it's like, okay, let me reevaluate my life. Maybe is the time for a change because there was a good time. I was hired as a teacher at 23. I'm now 28. So I'm now going on year six. And, you know, I was very content with, you know, you know, working in New York city and living on long Island. That's where I am and living the life that I was living at home. You know, I was like, the, you know, the fat of the land and like not paying rent and all these things. And my mom was grocery shopping, making food. I was like living my best life. But then all of a sudden, I turned, I was 27 and I was like, mm, living at home, just it doesn't feel right anymore. I feel stuck living. I'm in my childhood bedroom, but like I'm a, a whole professional person, you know, with like a salary and benefits, but I'm in my childhood bedroom. This is weird. And so like, that was like that uncomfy feeling. And then I moved out and I moved in with my partner, Nate. Right. So that was like the change that needed to happen. And of course, the uncomfiness was like my parents were like, no, don't leave. Stay here forever. Like they always are. And I'm like, no, I got to go. Like, I love you guys, but it's, it's, it's time to go. Now I am into almost a year, you know, still living on Long Island with my partner, Nate. 
But now it's like another uncomfy feeling. I'm like, hmm, why am I feeling uncomfortable and unfulfilled or stuck? And I kind of sat with that feeling and I was like, oh, okay. I kind of don't want to live on Long Island anymore. I kind of, I want to move upstate. And Nate is also, he's from upstate. So he has family up there. And so that's like the next trajectory for change. Now, when I even mention that to friends and family that I'm not going to stay on Long Island anymore, I want to move upstate. I think I'll have a more fulfilling life living upstate than on Long Island. The groans and moans that I got of like, of course, they're going to miss me. Like I understood the moans and groans, you know, they're like, no, you're not leaving. No, don't leave us. No, you're not going to like upstate. Why are you going to move upstate for? No, who's up there? You have nobody. And that was for me because I like process. And I was like, they're just upset that I'm leaving them. Right. It's not like, a, you know. It's a them thing, not a me thing. And so, but I had to sit with those uncomfy conversations with family and friends saying, you know, I kind of want to like move somewhere else. I mean, Long Island just maybe isn't it for me anymore. So I think it's really important to be okay with sitting in the discomfort. And, you know, even if you make a decision in your change that you want to make in your life, but then like, it's okay to still kind of go back and forth that you made the change. And then maybe a week later, you're like, oh, is this really something I want to do? And then the next week, oh, you know, this is definitely something I want to do. It's okay for your brain to kind of really flip and like really deter, like, is this determined if this is something I really truly want to do and, and definitely sit with yourself. So I totally agree that sitting with the discomfort of maybe people disapproving of what you're going to do or judging what you want to do. But I love how you said that, yes, like the the decade of your 30s was a really tough time in your life, but now you're in your 40s and you're like, this is great. Like, this is everything that I could imagine. And it's like, if people just saw, just like kind of in the back of their head being like, I know this change may be difficult, but I know what's going to be better for me in the long run. And like, can see the light at the end of the tunnel is so like amazing because it's really important that because a lot of the, the audience that listens to Growth Mindset King, we're in like, you know, our late 20s, early 30s, millennials. And so for some reason, we think we need to make all of the changes in our life, like in our 20s. Like, that's it. Then all of a sudden you're 30 and you can't make changes anymore. So now we're sitting here too with, I want to make a change, but is it something I want to do? But this is the this is the time to make the changes, Right. But we forget like there's so much like more to life where you're going to be making changes in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Like it's going to be happening. So for women right now that are listening that are like, oh, I'm, I'm in my 20s. These are all of the I have to make all of the changes and all of the decisions in my life because once it's 30, like I need to be set up for my life. What what kind of, you know, input would you have to that statement? Uh. Well, I think one exercise that has helped me tremendously, because I, I personally have a hard time in envisioning myself in the future. Mm-hmm. And there are actually like, you can go on Insight Timer or whatever and find meditations that help you connect with your future self. Mm-hmm. I've done those before. <laughs> right. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And I think I do that probably once a, once every season, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll do like a 20 minute visioning exercise to kind of put myself in my future self's position and just go talk to her for a little while and like, look at like where she lives or where she works or what she's, is she drinking tea? Like, mm-hmm. is she wearing yoga pants? Like what's going on with her? And because I have this like real close connection with her, mm-hmm. 
I often think subconsciously that the changes I'm making in myself are really orienting to her in a way where she can be grateful for what I'm doing for myself today. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm saying in a really roundabout way is I want to be living in the present moment and being grateful for the moment that is here today. Mm-hmm. But I'm also actively taking steps to set myself up for the future in a way that my future self would thank me for. And I think of it like a savings account. Mm-hmm. Like I put a percentage of my paycheck in the savings account. I pay myself first, just like they told me to do way back when. Mm-hmm. And I that's the kind of time and effort and change I give to my future self too. So maybe I spend 90% of my day in my present state, but 10% of the activities, like Mm -hmm. I see myself as an author in the future. I'm not just a professional writer, but an author. And so I spend maybe not every day, but I'm trying Mm -hmm. (laughs) to build the habit of like just starting to write and writing for 10 to 15 minutes a day. And that is my investment in my future self bank account. And that is a small change I can make for the now to pay off in the future. And so that would be my advice is sort of like, get yourself oriented to who that future person is mm-hmm. and then do the small things in small percentages versus like upending your entire world. Although if that's necessary, you know, <laughs> go for it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that's a great idea. I love how you kind of put it in like a metaphor of like time and with your savings account. I think that's a beautiful way to see it. Because I think a lot of us right now, at least in our 20s, because we're trying to just like figure everything out. We are heavily living in like the future. Okay, like where am I going to be in five years? But not truly connecting with like our future self, like you said. I've done a, I found them on TikTok though. So I don't, you know, but I found the videos on TikTok where they're like, all right, it's like three minutes long. You're going to close your eyes and sit with yourself. And they literally go like envision your future self. What is she wearing? Okay, what is she doing right now? How is she feeling? Is she drinking coffee? Is she drinking tea? What house is she in right now? Where is she going? And like they go through this process. And when I did that, it was so cool because I literally saw my future self and I saw myself living upstate in a beautiful house that like we custom built because we bought land and we built this beautiful custom house and all like the things. And I was like, yeah, like that's the stuff that I'm doing today is gearing me towards that woman that like I saw and it was only three minutes that's not a that took very quick and it was able it's kind of like um a vision board but like in your head because I know a lot of people like you know vision boards and I highly recommend them I've never done them but like I my body's like you should do one and be so cool um and I definitely wanted you know definitely make one at some point in my life but just kind of doing your own innate vision board, like going through that process is such like a beautiful feeling because even in my daily decision-making, I'm like, huh, um, is this what future Allie living in her upstate house? Is this something that she would want to do? Is this something that is gearing towards that goal? And it's really important to be present with where you are in life. I always say like, be grateful for the life that you're living while also working towards the life that you want to live. Because that's truly, that's like the balance of you're happy and where you are, but you're always trying to work, you know, towards whatever goal that you want to do. It's super important to take time in your day to be super grateful for the life that you have, especially when you get into like that negative anxiety spiral and like that victim mode of like, these things are happening to me and I can't control anything and all the things. It's really important to ground yourself again and be like, okay, 
Is there a roof over my head? Sure is. I got food on the table. Sure do. I got clothes in the closet. Sure do. Even if so, I have a car that and I got gas. Okay. Like those like things like bring you back down where the changes then you're making in your life aren't as scary because you're grateful for the life that you're living right now. And you're also working towards the next one. So I think it's really important for women to really like sit for some, for a couple minutes and just really, if, especially if they want to make a big change in their life that they think is really going to benefit them. And it's like a major change. Like they want to change, you know, their location. They want to change their job. They want to maybe change, you know, their relationship. Maybe they want to change, you know, their self-esteem, the, their mindset or their wellness and all those beautiful, wonderful things. It's very crucial to sit with yourself and really deep dive and be like, okay, the woman that I want to be in, you know, not even five years, two years, what does she even look like? You know, what does she want to do? How is she going to feel fulfilled? And, you know, write that stuff down and like, keep it in a journal or whatever way that you want to do it. Because essentially you making the decision for the change, that's going to make your life better and it's the daily habits, right? It's the daily mindset that you have. It's your daily thought process really truly shapes the way that you're always going to perceive life and then where you're, you know, going to get to in your life. Yeah. And I will say like, really think into the feeling of your future self. Like Mm -hmm. it's okay. like you can visualize where that person is and what she's doing and what she's eating and drinking and these things, but how does she feel? Mm-hmm. And I think about that a lot because like through my twenties and thirties, I was a highly temperamental person mm-hmm. <laughs> for various I was reasons. there. Yeah. I'm still working and, on that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, no doubt. But like my future self, for some reason, she appeared to me as like completely calm mm-hmm. and like wise and sort of like just in control of course because I'm a control person but like like just real chill mm-hmm. and I thought there's probably a variety of reasons she's real chill um maybe she feels freedom from financial struggle or she mm-hmm. feels like she's uh consuming the right um food so she's mm-hmm. not like on these like sugar crashes she's mm-hmm. maybe she's sober she's not drinking so she has energy so like like I kind of like orient to how I how she feels and what actions I can take to kind of get myself there eventually, mm-hmm. even though every day might be different, but um, that, that feeling kind of sticks with me as something that's, that's a goal, not just, you know, I want to have a house and I want to, you know, you know, do the things. Yeah. I think that's the most important one. When you go through yeah. like a you do those like types of guided meditations it's really important to notice how does she feel and it's so funny that you said you know feeling calm and everything because you know before um like I started doing my mindset journey I was a heavily reactive and temperamental person Mm -hmm. where you know I would react to life and everyone would always tell me Allie's either really happy or she's really pissed off like that that's her two (laughs) modalities that I was like when I was in like my early twenties, I was like, yeah, cause I'm tough. And that, that, that. so I like took yeah. that as like a compliment, but then like, I started, you know, getting, you know, more into my twenties. I was like, mm, but does that, do I make people feel safe then? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like what energy am I really giving out to people? So when I, 
went through my therapy journey, I learned that like, you need to like respond to things and like take things with a little bit more calmness. So then you can have the conversations of resolutions that you want to have with people instead of just it being like a yelling battle sort of deal. And then, so when I envision like what I want my future self to feel like, she is, like you said, very calm, but like not passive. Like, you know, she doesn't let anything get past her, but she, whenever there is confrontation or issues that happen, it is kind of that calmer, wiser, okay, let's figure this out. It's like a guiding light rather than, um, you know, oh no, she's mad. What are we going to do? Allie's mad. How are we going to fix this? She's upset. She's going to yell. It's more of like, okay, like Allie, I'm going to tell her an issue and she's going to like help me through it. And we're going to like figure things out. She might be a little upset, but you know, she'll get over it and we'll talk about it and find a solution. Like that's like the feeling um, that I had with, you know, envisioning the future self. So I think that's truly beneficial if women are like, eh, I don't really know even what changes. I feel very unfulfilled and stuck, but I don't even have any clue of the change that I want to make. So I definitely think like connecting with yourself and like getting a journal and doing those meditations are a perfect way to even just figure out, huh, what change do I need to, you know, make in this life? So Jackie, I, I mean, we could talk for like, I feel like we could just talk all day. <laughs> I know, Allie, I really love your energy and you. I'm certainly I your, your perspective. I think you're wiser than your years. So you know, the first time <laughs> someone's told me that I was like, hmm. <laughs> But I, you know, when we met for like our podcast panning meeting, I was like, we're going to have a fantastic conversation and yeah. I jumped on here today and I was like, well, I get to talk to Jackie today. It's going to be so great. Yeah. And I always know it's a great conversation when after like towards the end, I'm like, wow, I feel like I could just like take on the day now and I like feel very mm -hmm. like rejuvenated. So I loved our conversation and thank you so much for coming on and taking the time out of your day to come on to the podcast and talk to the Growth Mindset Gang. I really think they're truly going to enjoy um, the conversation that we had. So where can the Growth Mindset Gang find you, follow you, all those wonderful things? Oh, certainly. So my agency is called Muse and you can find us at Muse headquarters if you're interested in um, change marketing specifically. Uh, my my personal Instagram, I'm not that great in keeping up with, but it's Jackie Bevenroth. So you can find me there as well. Wonderful. And I'll put those links and everything in the show notes so people can find you and just, you know, truly enjoy, you know, the conversation that we were having. And hopefully it's useful. And so again, thank you so much, Jackie, for coming on. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Allie. I enjoyed it. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Jackie. Um, her Instagram, the Muse's Instagram, and the Muse's website is all linked in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share it on your story and tag Jackie and I in it. Please make sure to rate and follow me on Spotify and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Please take a couple minutes out of your day and leave a review. It really helps this podcast you know, grow and have the community grow and have more opportunities um, for, you know, this podcast to really expand to what we really want it to be. So take some time, please leave a review and also rate and subscribe on Apple podcast. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Part of the boundless audio podcast network.